I'm Jean McCaddy, and you're listening to FTTV. Hi guys, welcome to the FTTV podcast. Um, obviously, it used to be the FT Thrones podcast, but Game of Thrones is done now, so we need other things to talk about on TV. Aww. So it can't be Game of Thrones now. Uh, well, that was a that was some conversation with the Game of Thrones going on. Uh, I'm here, guys, with an absolute. It's not hyperbolic to call it a legend of Scottish television at this point, I don't think. Uh, Jane McCarry is with me today. How are you, Jane? Oh, I'm doing well. Is, so this must be a theme for you then, Game of Thrones, that's it, done. Yeah. Still game, that's it, done. <laughs> exactly. I have to say, though, like, the still game ending seemed to be a lot better received than the, the Game of Thrones oh. one was. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you this. I loved the last episode of Game of Thrones. And do you know what? Yeah. Only me and one other friend liked it. Everybody yeah. else moaned. I actually loved it. I felt it was kind of yeah. what it had to be, in a way, because we'd had all the fight and the drama and the hoo-ha, and I loved oh, it. Dear. Jane, I think we're, we're speaking the same language here. I was on the show defending it to the hilt against everyone else. It was like buzzers come after the carcass and I'm trying to swipe them away. Was what it felt like at times. Why is it people always do that though? With... They, oh, I don't know. That's not as good as we thought it was. At. So, no, no, do you think I, it's I an arrogance it in a way? hardly any language. I love that it was so still and I loved it. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's an arrogance in a way from like fans that think, oh, I could have written this better than the actual writers could? I think it's really tough because there wasn't a, a book, there wasn't anything yeah. that there was a reference to, so everybody's got an opinion on how they think it could be better. Mm-hmm. So, uh, actually, I can't believe you're coming in. I said to this, Ian, he's 14, please don't come in when I'm doing this interview. That's him <laughs> coming into the room. Actually, what... I had this oh, argument twice today about the dog's lead. Don't worry about it. That's oh. the most relatable thing to me in the planet. Because see, when you come <laughs> in with a dog, people just leave the lead at a different place. They'll just have one place to leave the lead and we'll be fine. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, I know. Nobody can ever find the dog's lead. It'll be in a minute ask me where the poo bags are. I, I absolutely <laughs> guarantee you. Oh, any dog guarantee. owners listening to this will just exactly get what we're talking about here. <laughs> like, just like, in a second, yeah, I feel that pain as well. So, Jane, I want to get into your career. Um, Obviously, you've been acting uh, for quite a while now, but I want to get to the very uh, beginning of it. What was your earliest inspiration when it came to like acting? Like, was there anything you watched in the telly growing up, and you were like, "I want to be like this person. This person's great." Did you have like that moment of inspiration when you were younger? I didn't have a single person, but mm-hmm. I did. I used to adore watching Laurel and Hardy, and yeah. um, that was kind of my first real early memory of loving comedy, Fantastic. and. Uh, I remember I was playing Jiminy Cricket in Pinocchio in the school show. And I think nice. I was in primary three and Clark Crosby, eh, he was playing Pinocchio and he, so he had his false nose and I accidentally knocked it and it <gasps> moved so it was coming out the side of his face Ooh. and I got a huge laugh. And I still... <laughs> of course, I had no sense of, you know, do it once, it got a big laugh. I constantly kept doing it till poor Clark went off green. Anyway, I get into trouble for the teacher... But at the, I remember feeling, oh, this is like the best feeling in the whole world. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Uh, so that was my kind of early memory, and I, I did love comedy. I loved oh, at least love you. Oh, you're too young, but like things like Wurzel Gummidge, I loved, and mm-hmm. um, I loved the two Ronnies. I, I really did love comedy, and I think you know we were brought up watching Scotch and Rye and Mickey Fulton and things like that. So, so, so many, so many Scottish comedians made me laugh as well. And, and I love storytelling. I've always loved. I'm not really. I, I, I'm not great with gags. I, I like gags, but I yeah. love a story that's funny. Mm-hmm. Um. So, I, I think that was it. it. Wasn't really a specific person. It was just loving watching different people work on TV and going to the theatre. Uh, my friend, uh, her aunts were, were on stage, so we would go and see quite a lot of different yeah. things. My mum and dad would take me to things, and I just, I loved it. Fantastic. You were mentioning Laurel and Hardy there, and like I was obviously too young to uh, know them back in the day, but did you see the film that came out about Laurel hey, and Hardy last I year? I was too young to know them back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> my dad was born in 1923. That's <laughs> I'm sorry, Jane. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really a pensioner. <laughs> but did you um, see that movie that came out about them uh, I last did. year? I thought it was brilliant. I thought the women were absolutely outstanding as well. I have to say, I, you know, I really did. I thought they were super. Um, but no, I loved it. I thought everybody was excellent in it. I really enjoyed it. And it, it amazed me that when they came to Glasgow, it wasn't sold out. I, I, I can't imagine. I imagine people maybe thought it wasn't the real Lorlin Hardy. It could be. <laughs> they thought it was a you hoax at, the, at that point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah folk doing a, a Lorlin Hardy show, but um, no, I thought I thought it was superb. Yeah, Fantastic. I actually saw it at, the, at the Citizens many years ago. Barry Hunter and I can't remember who else was in it. Yeah, Stevie McNichol, and uh, that that was fabulous as well. That was, that really was good. Yeah, oh, good stuff. So uh, moving on from that, you said you were in the uh, the school school play uh, age uh, primary three uh, but how did you first start getting into like acting properly did you have any like form of training and do you remember some of your earliest jobs in acting as well uh, well I, did, I went to drama school and yeah. mark cox was a year below me at drama school actually oh. who plays tam so nice. we've known each other many years and been friends uh, and it was through netting but it was a great experience mm-hmm. a man called clive perry ran the course who was brutal a very cruel man but also very dry and very very funny very clever mm-hmm. um so it, it, that was a great experience and he ran the lockery festival theater and he, after i left drama school he gave me a season there which was fantastic yeah but uh i think there wasn't drama in school when i was there yeah so i used to go to glasgow art center and there was a man there robin wilson and it was free to go to Glasgow Arts Centre. It was just a fabulous... Loads of people went there. Um, Robert Carlyle and people, they, they went a wee tiny bit before me. Tons of um, sort of Scottish actors that have, have gone in and worked in the industry. Uh, it was just, a, you know, really inclusive. Everybody just kind of mucked in. Fantastic. Great teachers. And again, free and, and open to everyone. That's great. So it was, it really was. It's such a shame. There's lots of places now you can go that you pay a lot of money, but Mm -hmm. there's nothing really like that anymore. A really community-based place in the centre of town. Yeah, I was because I was talking to, it was a young actress and she's moved down to London. We're talking about, has acting become perhaps too inaccessible to the the younger generation like who don't have the money to pay for these schools and stuff like that? So it's interesting to hear back in the day that all this was available for free. Uh, yeah, everyone. you just went along. Yeah, I'm sure we didn't pay anything. And um, I, I think the difference is now, like, people think you may be like musical theatre or, or mm-hmm. that. If you go to one of those clubs, now that's mm-hmm. not always the case. 
um, I'm sure Pace and Paisley, they do a lot of plays and there'll be lots of them that won't do that. Yeah. But like for my boys used to go, oh, I don't want to do that. My wee one particularly who loves drama would go, I don't want to go and do that. I hate musicals. I don't want to. <laughs> but, you know, there was, yeah. there was no musical theatre at all at Glasgow Arts Centre. It was improvisation and plays and um, it was like a, a comedy, straight stuff. And mm-hmm. and when I was there, I played a, a and Ian Heggie, I don't know if you know Ian Heggie's work. I love Ian Heggie. I think he's mm-hmm. a very clever, brilliant writer. And it was a play about two old women. Okay. Evie and Jinty. And <laughs> I got I borrowed Man Agnes Grey's coat, Manti Maisie's hat, Man Agnes Gamel's shoes. I borrowed all um, my pal's granny's big pants that come down to her knees. Nice. <laughs> borrowed all the clothes. And I was 15, maybe 16, and I was playing a pensioner. So you're preparing years in advance for a role you didn't yeah. even know was on the horizon. The I didn't the know. I know. It's amazing. <laughs> I didn't know. And yet right back to then, yeah. I guess there was traits of Isa. Fantastic. I love that. Yeah. Right, and you talked there about how drama wasn't in the curriculum when you were at school, but obviously that changed as years went past. And I believe um, around was it the 2000s that you became a drama teacher yourself. I did. I'd been doing loads of touring and bits of telly and I thought I would like to have kids and I thought, well, I can't actually go off and tour three mm-hmm. months at a time. I need to find another way where I can make money. So what can I do? I'd worked in bars and different things, but I thought I need to, what can I do? So I went back to the college that I trained at and upgraded my diploma to a degree, which mm-hmm. only took part-time nine months. You could do that, you know, just write essays and do different things and just go to sort of certain courses. Yeah, And then from that, I got into Jordan Hill and I did my teacher training, which was, again, it was a, it was tricky uh, because I'm not an academic. So there was a lot of reading, a lot of a different kind of essays. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. it wasn't really in my comfort zone. But great, it's always good to push yourself, use your brain. Uh-huh. And I really I had a, a really good experience doing that. I did. I loved it. See, and I still love it. I still uh, I haven't been teaching for a wee while and I miss it. In fact, the last school I was in, it was Kids with Complex Needs. Yeah. And I, I, I really miss doing that. I Fan- really do. Fantastic. And you speak to a lot of teachers, they always have like really funny stories uh, from their time teaching. Do you have any yourself? Like a moment you just look back and how like how did that happen or something like that? Oh, there's oh, there's so many from over the years. I mean, there really is so many. Yeah. I remember just the very last school that I was in, <laughs> and he, that this wee boy gave me a cuddle, and he he, he was blind, and yeah. he was just a lovely wee boy. <laughs> and there was a whole room full of people and lots of different staff and everybody, and he shouted because I'm Mrs. Gibson in school, and he yeah. shouted to the whole room, "Mrs. Gibson's got a baby in her." <laughs> and I was like, no, "I'm actually just fine. Sit down. Thank you. Moving on." <laughs> Jesus. Oh, loving his heart. So I was like, oh, you <laughs> can't be too angry at him. Can't be too angry at him. Can't he really, you know, it did make me cut out the Kit Kat. So that's good. <laughs> Fair enough. So it sounds like it was a rewarding experience then from teaching um, at that time. That's fantastic. Um, I wanted to get on to Isa Drennan. Uh, and I think oh. it's the role, absolutely iconic, like I say. Like everyone just knows Isa. Um, and could quote you multiple lines from Isa. But I just wanted to talk about how did you, were you offered that part uh, by anyone? Did you have to audition for it? Was there a process? Uh, no, I didn't audition for it because, uh, well, I, um, Greg and I knew each other from 93, I think it was. We did uh, a panto and then mm-hmm. we worked on Pulp Video in 95, which, nice. 
you know, put a video, had to eat. it was a sketch, we did one series and you know, there was there was good and bad, but what was brilliant about it was, it was a great learning curve for everybody, it really mm-hmm. was, and Ford and Greg came together then, and we did a sketch in that, that they played old men, and I was the home help, and yeah. Gavin played Winston, so that's how it kind of started, they then wrote a stage play about that, and then they went on to do Tune the Fat and everything, I went to Jordan Hill, everything changed, and I had uh, my oldest wee boy, Ian, and I remember Tune the Fat was like insane at that point. Everybody was just raving about it. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was in hospital, it was New Year, and I just thought, typical, I've missed the bus, I've missed the boat. Mm-hmm. I went off to do my own thing right at the wrong time. And and much as I was delighted I couldn't have been happier with my wee baby, yeah. I thought, oh, that's so typical. And um, Okay, you know, you know what it's like when you just have a baby and it's hard at first. Well, you don't actually, but you know, plenty of people listen. <laughs> yeah. It's hard and you're tired and everything's all over the place. And uh, I got mastitis and oh, I kept getting it and I wasn't well. And Greg's wife Julie came up to visit me and we're still really good friends. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, Julie, this is too hard. And she's like, I'll take you to the doctor's dollar. I'll get you. We'll get you. We'll get you help. And when she was helping me out, was she had Benny? He was a wee bit older than Ian and baby and all we're getting into her car and she went doll listen to me i'm not supposed to tell you this but the boys are writing a new thing and you're going to be the woman in it and it's you're going to be fine you're going to get well and you'll get antibiotics and everything will be great with the baby and you'll love doing this show and it's all going to be fine just trust (laughs) it's all going to be fine and of course within a very short time that all kind of transpired and nice um yeah Oh, yeah. that's fantastic you never know what's around the corner that's the thing about this job like nothing could be around the corner or something amazing could be around the corner you never know never know and that sounds like the perfect moment to find out about a part like that when you're sitting like and everyone's like it's fine and you've got you've got this part it's going to be all right it's, it's going to be all right it's going to be all right yeah, and that's it. And, you know, so, so that was my journey. And, I mean, Karen Damar was brilliant in Tune the Fat. That was her journey. And she was absolutely the right person to do that. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you know, Isa was the right, you know, that was more my kind of thing. So Aye. you think it, it works out, you know, there's, there's a... Definitely. There's, it, 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 was, it was great. What's going to yeah. happen will happen sort of thing. I love that. And yeah. so obviously you're on that, set like you did the the two sort of runs of still game and television um, and you've also had all the shows at the hydro what's it been like uh building that relationship with this cast and crew like over the years it must just feel like when you were on that set it was like a home away from home sort of thing oh i mean i've always said that i feel like the boys are like my family like they're my brothers um you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really, you know, there's always some more than others just by the nature of life, who you see more. But I mean, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I love them all and I'm, I'm exceptionally close to some of them. And, yeah. uh, you know, I just think I'm so lucky that I've got them in my life and that they'll always be in my life. Yeah. You know, there's no two ways about it. Um, You know, I, I, I'll, I'll always see them, but it's not, I know it's not the same as when you're working together every day and it's mm-hmm. 12 hour days and you're carrying on and saying, and playing tricks and playing it doing a quiz and telling stories you know I do feel really sad Gavin and I I think particularly feel quite sad that those characters are are done now and it's come to an end Mm -hmm. and it's it's the end of an era really it's the end of the the line for that show but you know there's again you never know what's around the corner and sometimes you have to be brave and I think the boys have been really brave to say 
after the second title, you know, right, the, the, there will be an end. This is what the end will be. And this will one last show and then that will be it. It's nice to draw a line under something oh, hard as it is. Definitely. It's nice to do that. And were you happy with how the character ended up in the final season? I thought, like, personally, that last episode was beautiful, how it played with the idea of the oh. past and the future and how everything has to come to an end, like you say. Oh, well, that's it, you know. I mean... I remember I'd said this, I've said this before, my mum my always said, you know, when people get old into the kind of geriatric phase of being old mm-hmm. and time passes, they fade away. You know, there isn't a big drama. You know, you don't see people inconsolable at funerals. You, you, you celebrate their life and you're grateful for the years that they've had and much as you're desperately sad to let them go and you'll miss them terribly. As I mean, my dad was mm-hmm. in his 90s and my mum's in her 90s now and, you know, I miss my dad every single day. Um... But I wouldn't wish him back the way that he was at the end. Yeah. Because, you know, it was it was his time and it was it was the right time. And, you know, nothing lasts forever, good or bad, or no one lasts forever. There has to be an end. Oh, definitely. And I think the fact that we, we, we got old and we faded away is really interesting. And I also, something else, a few people have said to me, uh, did... Jack start to get dementia. Mm-hmm. Now the boys always play a wee kind of funny thing where Jack gets words wrong. Yeah, and a few people said to me he did that a wee bit more this series. Was that deliberate to show that he was getting a wee bit more forgetful? Do you know I never even noticed? <laughs> I never noticed. And now when I watch it, because it's on again just now, I'm like, oh, that's now, an arc. Interesting, I wrinkle. Yeah, I don't need to know that. I'm not, I wouldn't ask for it, Greg. I don't need to know that. Yeah, because. It's not real anyway. They're not real. Yeah. So it's whatever you want to, to you, you, it's your own imagination. It's whatever you want to put on to that. I, I so I think, you know, that is what happens often, not always, even if it's not dementia, even if it's just a wee bit of mixed up forgetfulness. Yeah. As people get into their maybe 80s, 90s, um, I just think the writing was really lovely and, and really well observed and, you know, I think some of the writing, actually, in the last three series, I think people are very nostalgic about the old ones. Mm-hmm. But I actually think some of the writing this last three years, people will look back and go, that's really beautiful, it's really poignant, and it's really lovely. Yeah, I the, think it's, the writing's brilliant. Actually, that's what I appreciated about the latest run, was that it was still as funny for me as the old series were, but there was seem to be tackling some stronger themes as well in some ways I thought and I thought that was really brave of the show to do coming back and especially mm-hmm. that final episode to address something as heavy as that in the beautiful way they did I, I thought that was great it was really really good uh, do you what was the final scene that you filmed as Isa then oh jings um huh I can't remember <laughs> do you know See the one when we were sitting around the campfire, that was at night time and yeah. that was really poignant that night. We all sat and we, I've got a brilliant, brilliant picture that I'll always treasure. I would never share it in social media, I think because it's my special memory for me to treasure. Yeah. And I think it actually is very, very private and everybody was staring into the fire and we just had our all their own thoughts. And it was like just filming, that was us. And it wasn't the very last scene, but it was, it was, it was right towards the very end. And it was it was the last scene of the show, mm-hmm. although not the last scene we filmed because it's all sort of multi-episodic, so it's kind of mixed up how you film it. Yeah. But um, 
And it's, I love that photo because everybody's just kind of going, well, this is it. Aye. So the very last day, not everybody was in. I don't, I don't think Sandra was in. I don't think, I'm not sure if Gav was in. So the very last day doesn't feel as special to me as that night round the fire when we were all there filming the last episode of the show. The whole gang together, like going out one time together. at a time. That sounds absolutely and it beautiful. And was funny... Well, it was funny because this, this guy we were trying to film tried to set up his tent. And you know, we were going, oh, mate, it was like really late at night. We were going, mate, you, you can. It's like 11 o'clock at night. We're filming here. And he said, he went, eh, no, this is what I was conceived. <laughs> <laughs> and his mother had told him on that spot, in the middle of nowhere, that's when he'd been conceived and that's when he was building his tent. And we'd all like, that's, that's a funny story. Right? That's <laughs> Nobody could possibly know it was that exact spot. Um, so that was so that kind of added into the mix of how queer the whole night was. That's amazing. <laughs> I can't actually imagine that. They say some weird stuff's happening. Tom sets oh. my bill, like the guy telling you this is where oh. it's conceived, and it was off. That's absolutely uh-huh. fantastic. Bizarre. Oh, Jane, I wanted, I wanted to ask you obviously, um, Isa, like you're probably most recognized from that. Um, on the street and stuff like that. How has that been, like, the role changing your life in that regard? Like, have you felt like you do get recognised in the street or because you're under uh, the sort of costume and makeup, do you find that you can retain some sort of anonymity um, through it all? Well, I always have done before um, until we did this thing called That's Plenty and it was after, it was aired after the very last episode. Mm -hmm. And that has been that's changed everything for me. I mean, yeah. I don't know, the viewing figures for that must have been insane because I never got recognised. Nobody ever gave me a second glance. Yeah. Now, I still don't get it nearly as much as the boys, but I get it much, much more now. Mm-hmm. Much more. And people of every one time man says, oh, I saw you and that's plenty and that's how we recognise you. <laughs> so I was like, ah. Oh. And I like, you know, I... I I guess if you're on something like River City, whatever, you get recognised all the time because you you look exactly like yourself. But um, when you've when you've had the joy of being in a show like Still Game that people love and talk about, I love earwig and hearing people talking about it. Yeah. Have no idea that, that I'm sitting beside them. Do you know what I mean? That'd be I love amazing. that. Yeah. I really, really love that. So um, yeah, I guess. I guess I don't really watch Breaking but, but then at the same time, that's the nature of the beast. And if I was to do something where I was to play a character that was like me, which is normal, yeah, um, you would just have to take that in the chin, wouldn't you? No, I get that. Are most fans like respectful for you when they come up and talk to you about the show? Though? Oh, lovely. Yeah, I've never had anybody who's not been lovely. Oh, you know what I mean? I really haven't. People stuff. have always been so kind and so, and they always say to me, "You're taller than I thought you were." No one ever says younger. <laughs> never a- younger. Yeah. Never always, <laughs> always taller. taller. I suppose it's because Isa's is hunched over a wee bit, isn't she? Like... I know. You kind of go. You think, but you think the first thing you see is, "Oh, you look younger, <laughs> taller." That's funny. I like that. Um, so obviously, like we discussed briefly earlier on, still game not limited to TV. You've done a number of shows in the hydro at this point, um, and also you've got a theatre background, like you say, uh, Jane. You've done. Oh, a lot I do. Of I shows. love theatre. I love theatre. I was going to ask you, like, the question of what you would prefer. Do you prefer acting on the stage or acting for television? And what's some of the the differences between the two mediums? Always the stage. Mm-hmm. Always the stage. I've never done a huge big feature film, right? I'd love to do that, you know, um, or, or something really big. Like, yeah. 
Outlander or like if I'd been in Game of Thrones, like I'd love to even have two lines. Yeah. Just to turn up and see how amazing that would be. I've never, never done that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I really would love to tick that box one day, but who knows? Yeah. <laughs> you never have nearly 50. Like you said, you never know what's around the corner, though. Well, you never know, but it's no likely. But anyway, um, you know, that would be a great experience. And I do love doing telly. And, you know, you're saying that the, the crew are like family too, because a lot of the crew we've had right from the word go. Mm-hmm. I mean, Rab, who does props, I adore Rab. We've got uh, Liz, who's continuity. Liz does the hydro shows and the telly shows. Liz is such a part of it. You know, Susan, you know, there's so many people, obviously Michael, the director, but he doesn't feel like crew, you know, that's different. Like Michael's the director, so he's kind of in the middle of being with the actors and the crew, I guess. Um, So he's kind of one of the team. But a lot of the crew have been there from the word go, and I just love them to bits. And uh, so, you know, I have loved film and telly. Mm -hmm. But there is no two ways about it. The buzz you get from a live show is like nothing else. It right, goes right back to knocking Clark Crosby's nose off. Pinocchio, <laughs> um, you know, the rush that that gives you of adrenaline and joy is like no other. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that. But also, I'd suppose when you're ending, like there's the se- always the sense of an ending when something's on stage. Like you said, you worked with those people on television for years. Is it always hard when a show ends on stage because you're just like, oh, that's it, we'll never perform this again? Of course. I mean, like, if you're doing a three-month tour, you know more about those people in six weeks than most people who maybe would work in an office would know about somebody in six years. Yeah. Because it's such a social thing. You're rehearsing all day. You have to really trust people. You have to, they have to get to know you a wee bit. You have to put your defences down. So you, you, you become open. You talk about things you would never normally talk about. Like when I've been teaching and I've made some very good friends teaching, I'm very, very fond of, but I know they think I'm odd because, mm-hmm. you know, I've maybe been in the school a month and I'm asking really personal questions that mm-hmm. I'm not even aware of that personal. Yeah. So I, I kind of don't have a normal view of society and they go oh my god I can't believe you've asked me that and I'm like really? It just comes you from know? the background of acting and touring yes, and stuff. Yes and I think you go out after the show you you maybe have a drink or you go for a meal you, you're on tour so you're staying with each other mm-hmm. and when we did Mark and I did the steamy uh, a few years ago not the recent one it was quite a few years back it was a joy of a job and there was a lovely girl who was on it and she was a uh, 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 understudy yeah. and she added a terrible cold and sore throat and I thought I'll do a wee steam in this boarding house we were in but there was nothing to use so I had a teapot with the lid off it with a towel over my head I had my nightie on and a bare bum and she walked into the room and saw this image and straight as a die and totally serious she went I didn't think it would really be like this (laughs) Jane and I said well buckle up Natalie this is what it's like Bums, Stephen Hortipot. <laughs> Is that the name of the autobiography? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and, and it's true, you know, you, there is no... I don't think four weeks of knowing somebody in another job, you would be comfortable doing that, but you're getting changed together in a dressing room. Yeah, There's just no inhibitions. There's no... Yeah. Um, you know, it's just... Uh, you, you, 
we we do like for years I did TIE on and off, which is theatre and education, mm-hmm. and you go around schools. Everybody's getting changed behind wee flats, you know, behind wee screens. Aye. You know, everybody's nobody gives a toss. Aye. Everybody's in the back in old corporate van, touring the Highlands, spending more than you're earning, laughing, <laughs> on. Fantastic. It's, it's a jo- and a, it's an absolute joy. There's no choice about it. But with that is the downside that you don't know when you're getting work. Very hard to get you know a flat or rent a flat or do anything Mm -hmm. you know when you're young starting off because you don't have any security with money and um you know it's it is you know it's great fun but my wee pal back to back who i've known all his life he's he gave up medical school as did sanjeev Mm Coley, um silly sausages to go in to do this (laughs) and uh, it's like what are you doing I love that. But, you know, and I said to Andrew, Andrew, you'll never probably have any money, but dear God, you'll go to some wonderful parties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know? What's the most important thing at the end of the day, though? Is it the money or is it the stories you've got all the Never the, the money. Exactly. Never the money. I couldn't care less. As, as I say, I spent more than I ever earned um, doing the TIE and some of the happiest days of my life. Some of my dearest, dearest friends. David that I saw today that I'm working with again, we work together a lot. And uh, David, we've done TIE. We've worked together since the early 90s. Mm-hmm. Um he used to wear his pants in rotation and every Wednesday would wear a pant- pants when his testicles would fall through a hole in them and I'd go, David, well, please leave <laughs> buy new pants. I can't even take this anymore. Um, nice. You know, and we, we've all, if it's about the money, don't go into this game, go and do something else. Definitely. Go to the s- chances are you'll never earn a bit. Stay in med- school, medical school if you want, if you want to do that. Aye, I if you want money, stay in medical school. Uh, yeah. So, Jane, you talked about the career bucket list and that big feature film still being on there, but I wanted to ask, are there any other roles or type of part that you've got your eye on now that you're wanting to play or you've not been able to play before? Um, I'd like to do some more straight stuff and I'd like to play my own age. I don't mm-hmm. have a specific part that I would say that would be it. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I love, love, love comedy. And sometimes, you know, really black comedies. I thought Killing Eve was brilliant. You know, it's yeah. not comedy, comedy, but it's brilliant. Um, very dark. Uh, you know, th- th- there's there's loads of stuff that, that doesn't need to be a big drama because often... The, oh, the darker something is, the funnier it is, and it's just completely oh, played definitely. Totally straight. Yeah. Um, but certainly, I, mean, I've, I love being Isaac, and I love playing character parts. Mm-hmm. But um, so, I don't know, a, a, a downstairs like maid and something with a good a good storyline, like a good juicy storyline, yeah. a murder or something. Ooh, are, you a, yeah. are you a fan of Martin McDonough's plays? Like, just talk about that dark comedy aspect to yes, stuff there yes yes one of his recently yes very 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 good very very talented yeah brilliant. i just read the hangman yeah. myself my friend lent me and he was like give that give this a little read i was like geez oh man like, but then, <laughs> this is intense yeah. this is really intense um but yeah. I'll, I'll no like... no it, yeah brilliant i know that is the thing it's just sometimes the darker the better mm-hmm, definitely but, um, it just takes you up and down you know, yeah, absolutely. It takes you on a journey, and um, and I think if you're from the west of Scotland, particularly, but but Britain actually, to be fair, uh, you know we are quite dark, aren't we? And we do. I always laugh at the most inappropriate times, at the worst times in my life. Uh, <laughs> often, that's when I've laughed. And in fact, um, yeah. 
we were years ago we were doing a TIE in a school and we were playing over the set with a teddy bear like kid on volleyball and yeah. it was a really high stage and I ran to get it and I fell backwards off the stage and I kind of fell like over chairs and stuff and I couldn't I, I honestly thought that I'd um I, I thought that I'd broke my back I couldn't feel anything from my <laughs> yeah. neck down I really did and I was absolutely terrified yeah and uh, there was like a young guy that was in the cast that I didn't know that well and he said to David, who was with today, another girl asked, oh, she's all right, she's laughing. And David <laughs> said, no, 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 she's not all right. Yeah. She's laughing because she's terrified. <laughs> um, and, and that's odd, right. true. That's very true. I, I, like, I always go back to myself, like some of the funniest stories uh, that you have are from funerals, I find that myself, which is a really weird thing to say. But it's like even no. even like a phone ringing in the middle of the service or something like that. Like you just like try, oh, oh. my God, because it's, it's so inappropriate. I'm just like, oh. oh. well, a friend of mine went to a funeral and she, it was, it was a good few years ago and she had her sat-nav mm-hmm. in the car and she put it in her bag. <laughs> right at the, where they carried in the coffin, her sat-nav said, you have arrived. <laughs> <laughs> And everybody went, <gasps> you know, it's like you couldn't, you couldn't write that. Just couldn't, uh-huh. Oh, I, I knew where that was going, and like oh, it's still there. Honestly, Ellie was like that. Oh, I thought I was going to be sick. I thought I was going to be sick. Sometimes that's the best thing you can do. It's the only thing you can do is laugh. Fantastic, fantastic. My dad actually, my dad, he was diagnosed with stomach cancer. Yeah. That didn't actually kill him. Yeah, because you know, I think that in life he, he was elderly and I think he would have lived with that for many years mm-hmm. but um and his we his friend Jimmy Nickel his wife had come up to see him in hospital yeah. and we'd literally been told so my mum was holding his hand on the bed I was sitting in a chair there was a doctor and a nurse the curtain was drawn and Helen came round the curtain and she said <laughs> and she went Jimmy I've brought you a metro <laughs> and she held up the paper and, it, and the headline as God is my witness was death sentence <laughs> and my dad laughed and laughed and laughed and she's going what is it Jimmy <laughs> and do you know what I thought that the best thing that could have ever happened that's marvellous I love that oh, that's so much <laughs> <laughs> oh Jane you've been a pleasure I've just got a couple of questions to ask you we are the FTTV podcast so the two questions I want to ask you to wrap up this interview tonight are what's the, your favourite TV show that you're watching right now and what is your favourite TV show of all time, if you can narrow it down? Oh, that's so hard. Yeah. Oh, I wish you'd asked me that before. <laughs> my favourite TV show of all time, that is, there's been so many for all different reasons. Yeah. Do you know, if you go back in time, you would think, oh, I mean, I love Tales of the Unexpected and I love Inside Number Nine because it's so like Tales of the Unexpected. Mm-hmm. As I say, I loved Wurzel Gummidge. I loved Lorna Hardy. I loved... Um, Oh, I've loved the two Ronnies. I've loved. There's been so many shows over the years, um, and recently as well. Uh, you know, I mean, I've Breaking Bad. I, I know everybody loves that, but I really, really, I have never in my life um, stayed up through the night to watch something. Yeah. And I did with that. You know, I would say two o'clock. I'm up for work. I need to stop. And then it would, you know, the seconds would count down in Netflix. <laughs> yeah. And I would go one more episode. It's such a dangerous so game, that isn't it? <laughs> And then there was one day I thought, that's it. It's too late. It's five in the morning. I'm See, up at half six. That's, what, ha- that's what happens I to me. I can't sleep now, you know. <laughs> yeah, that happens to so me. It'd be so hard to say because there's been 
Oh, sorry, sorry. No, it's all right. I was just about to say that's happened to me like the last few nights. It's the comedians in cars getting coffee show that just counts down and cause they're like, oh, yeah. cause they're like 20 minutes long. I'm just like, oh, it's another one, but the time just mounts up. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, I know, that's brilliant. I've watched that as well. That is, that's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, there's just been so many things recently, um, re- really, really good stuff mm-hmm. uh, that I've watched. And, you know, I'm trying to think, would there be what I couldn't say if there was one all-time favourite? I, I genuinely could not say. Yeah, that's fair enough. I think I, I think I, the thing is the world has changed as well because, like, like I don't even associate that with watching telly anymore. I don't think my boys have switched on a telly in maybe three years. Mm-hmm. They haven't even switched on a telly. Everything now is iPad. And because lives are busy, I'm busy with my mum, with work, with the kids, the dog, you know, everybody's busy. I tend not to even put the telly on. I tend to do what I need to do in the house mm-hmm. and then I'll go, oh, I'll have a wee hour and I'll watch something on the iPad. Yeah. So it's just a different world. It's a completely different, yeah, it's completely changed with Netflix and Amazon and got the, the new Disney ones, the one I'm excited for because I'm a massive Star Wars fan. <laughs> that TV show coming out, oh. that, that'll keep me up through the night. I will be <laughs> binging that. Well, it is disaster though because you can watch things um, like two and three at a time. Yeah. Like in the old days, when you had to wait a week. It was quite good, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, although I'm addicted to doing that. But <laughs> you'll not remember this, but in the old days of Dallas and everything, when oh, the end, yes. you'd be up the pole, you'd be up to high dome, and there's like a whole week for the next episode. <laughs> you, need, you need to find out who shot JR. Like, you just need to exactly. you know it. Exactly. <laughs> um, I love that. Yeah, no, 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 exactly. So I think. You know, but I see that with my kids, they want everything right away. Mm-hmm. And it did teach you to wait and, and the joy of anticipation. I think that was the uh, thing with Game of Thrones, wasn't it? A lot of people maybe weren't used to that in this generation. So the fact we had to wait like week on week for it. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. That's mental. It's mental. I know, I know, but it was good. It was good. And it gave you that whole week to talk about it as well, rather than just watch watch them all. Fantastic. Well, Jane, thank you so much uh, for doing this interview with us tonight. Oh, no, it's been an absolute pleasure. I've loved it. I've loved talking just to like you. Just like weathering to a pal. <laughs> <laughs> it was great hearing all your stories, like knocking the nose off and the Pinocchio was like, going back to that, like, it's been absolutely fantastic. So thank you so much. Oh, uh, thank you. For this, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this interview. Um, and we'll be back with some more content. So check us out on Spotify and iTunes and all that. Uh, till then, see you later on. Mm-hmm.